Is the mainstream media trying to brainwash us? I think so, and I'll show you how. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every Saturday from 3 to 6, I am back at my regular time. But this is not going to be a regular show. I had a super rough week. I, if you ever hear the <laughs> expression, you look like you lost your best friend. Well, I actually lost my best friend this week. My friend Liz died, and I, I wasn't sure I could or should do the show, but I decided to go ahead with it because she was a huge fan. She knew how important the show is to me, and it would have really bummed her out if I canceled it. So I decided to do something a little bit different, something I think she would have really liked, something that would cheer me up. I think we could all use a little cheering up these days because no matter which side of the aisle you are on, it's uh, it's not very uplifting to watch the news, follow the news. So, so I just I wanted to do something that I thought would kind of uh, help me turn the corner and something I thought Liz would like. And this is what I have in mind. She was a convert. Liz was a convert. She used to be a liberal and then she became a hardcore conservative. And it's like when, you know, smokers, like former smokers or recovering alcoholics, like have no tolerance for smokers or drinkers anymore. She had no tolerance for liberals. And I mean, she, she thought she actually registered as a libertarian after listening to my show, but she was really just a hardcore conservative. And if you like even mentioned Keith Olbermann's name, I know like her family and friends are probably listening today. They know that this is true. She would just like roll her eyes and groan like many of us do, I think. But uh, so I thought it'd be funny and fun to pull together some of the kind of crazier things that the liberal media is coming up with these days. It's really, it's getting shrill. It's getting fanatical. It's, you know, if it, if it really manages to turn this country upside down, it'll be scary. But in the meanwhile, I do actually think it's so ridiculous that it's funny. So Binkley is going to really, he's really put a lot of effort into trying to pull together clips that will help kind of fit the, fit the mood of the show, demonstrate these kind of extreme preposterous liberal memes that are coming across these days. So Binkley, thank you so much for all that extra work. And I, I do. So did you like in pulling all this stuff together, did you come up with a kind of, a theme like what do you what's the general uh tone of of what you've what you've discovered and pulled for us well the general tone is lunacy is what the general <laughs> tone is but they've kind of created this alternative universe where they're pushing these themes that it's absolutely crazy to believe that obama might have tapped trump's wires Another theme is that Trump is definitely tied to Russia. We just need to find the evidence. And the other theme is just be very afraid all the time. <laughs> yes, I've de- I, 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 this has been going on. I know you and I have noticed this for weeks, if not months, but really it's reached a fever pitch in the past couple of weeks. But like this week, for obvious reasons, I did not do my normal, like reading the journal cover to cover, uh, tuning into the news, surfing the web all day long to try to figure out what's going on. But I did try to like uh, pop in and check the headlines 
every once in a while. And it really felt to me like every single time I checked the headlines, <laughs> it was about the Trump's tweet that Obama wiretapped <laughs> Trump Tower. It's like, I think this is weeks old by now. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and here's the thing that's so crazy about it is that, you know, I say stuff like this and people get all mad and they call. You can call and be mad if you want. But the but it's to me, it was so unimportant for, for a couple of different reasons. One is that it it was just Trump just popped off at Obama. You know, I mean, it could be it's unstatesmanlike, I guess. But that's actually what people like about Trump is this raw, right. unfiltered reaction when you're writing 140 characters, I know this was your response right away. Like we tweet all, all of us. I think I have 11,000 tweets. Like you to put a complex thought in 140 characters is you, you give people a lot of latitude. But what was really for me more important than that was how self-evident the comment is. Maybe it wasn't Obama with a stethoscope listening in, you know, <laughs> through the plaster. Yeah. But it was so obvious that uh, for for reasons that are in evidence. First of all, I my entire like if people have been listening to my show for a while, my entire theme of the of uh, the Obama presidency for years, I called him the surveillance president. People think it was Obamacare or just socialism generally. I all from the beginning, I my view has been the most significant thing that Obama did and what he was there for, number one, was to implement the total surveillance state. That that that's where that's what his job was to keep anybody on the left who actually cared about privacy and all that kind of stuff quiet while he made this what what is a stepping stone to totalitarianism. And then you have so that's just was obvious to me. Then you had a couple of other things like all the NSA revelations. You had Snowden, this recent WikiLeaks data dump called Vault 7. If you haven't heard of it, I did. I think it was my last show on that. Uh, so for even though I think Snowden and Vault 7 are inside jobs, a little bit limited hangouts where they're doing it for some reason, the information is real. I mean, NSA is spying on us, me, you. Obama, Trump, they're all over it. They, yeah. It's might not, you know, it might not be that interesting. I'm not sure they really care when I tell my kids they have to clean their room before I get home, you know, on my email. I don't think they really care about it. But when they do care, they have it so they can look it up. And and then you have like actual examples of it. So the National Security Advisor Flynn actually lost his job in record time because there were wiretaps of his phone. I mean, I, you know, maybe wiretaps in quotes of his phone. <laughs> And he uh, and somebody leaked it. And then people don't use this example, but Dennis Kucinich talked to Gaddafi's son before Hillary and her gang uh, toppled that regime, had him killed. And that conversation Kucinich had was recorded and much, much later leaked. And Kucinich said he had no idea that he that he was he doesn't know who did it, just was not aware of that. So we know it's done. We know it's done constantly. And I started to wonder, why is this around the clock, you know, around the clock on the news for weeks? And I, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. This is a classic distraction. This is an absolute distraction. And what I think they're distracting us from, if you, if you just turn the page, you know, that's all over the front page. If you go to the second page, you have American 
soldiers now are fighting in Syria. They're not there training. This yeah. is a ri- right. It, it, did you catch how significant that is? Yeah. It's so underplayed in the media. Uh, they don't bring it up at all. No. And then we're bombing the crap out of Yemen, which we're doing for Saudi Arabia because Al Qaeda <laughs> participated with Osama bin Laden and 9/11 everything in Yemen under the regime that we are fighting to bring back, the one that we protected. These this is a, a different regime. So it's not it's what they're telling us is absolutely easily debunked. And then on the cover of the Wall Street Journal today, I've been flagging this week after week. Tillerson I have to read this blurb to you if we have a second. Uh, Trump and Tillerson hardened the U.S. approach to North Korea, ruling out direct talks and raising the option of a preemptive strike on North Korea, which is really just declaring war on China. And this is Trump who said, why can't we talk to people? Yeah, yeah, that was his whole thing. Yeah. And a preemptive strike is an attack. That's a euphemism. A preemptive strike. What does that mean? It's an attack. They don't have the ability to to attack us so this is big stuff and we're not talking about it and they put it on the newspaper on saturday you know it's big stuff and then there's the other layer i think is going on which is what you and i talked about in an early podcast that we did for propaganda report uh episode four i think is my favorite uh was strategy of tension where they actually agitate the population against itself and um, for political purposes to try to uh, – it actually – the kind of textbook definition of it that I came up with then, not realizing how significant it would be, was to – you know how much it would really apply to what, what was unfolding before us was that it was used to undermine democracy and call have the people – give up on this kind of civil society and call for military control of the government or police state. And and I wouldn't be surprised if this constant agitation isn't meant not only to distract us from foreign policy escalation. We can peel the onion on that later in the show. There are a lot of signs pointing to that. But also this uh, ushering in a kind of totalitarianism here at home as as the population kind of gives up on the system. And I, I do, I do want to take it light with our clips, but I, <laughs> you know, is it possible for me to do that? I, I guess I'm not, I'm, all, I'm always just going to jump down into the rabbit hole. So maybe, <laughs> maybe you can throw me some, uh, whatever. I'm going to attach a rope and, to you. Yes. Throw me something that out. I can shine a little light down there, but I, <laughs> I do want to have fun with it, but I feel like the themes that you're talking about are really serious. Their approach to it can be laughable, and I and hopefully we can we can strike a balance here. I want to get to some tweets. I want to get to some calls. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, at Monica Perez Show is uh, my Twitter handle. And if maybe just uh, coming up next, we can start with one of the kind of funnier, more outrageous clips. So stay tuned. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. If you're a Trump supporter, I'd like to talk to you for a little while about dogs and cats. Dogs and cats and horses and hamsters and guinea pigs and snakes and any other animal you love. Because with one change made under this administration, a lot of them are going to die. And a lot of them are going to suffer. 
and you and I won't even be able to find out that it's happening. That was Keith Olbermann. Is that, is that <laughs> saying, uh, basically just trying to terrify people, uh, we, Trump's going to kill your pets and you're not even going to know it? <laughs> like, what? what was that, Binkley? He was referring to some list that they took off of some website. See, he doesn't go into any of the details, really, in his rants. He just makes these bold assertions and then says something really crazy. So I've seen these. These are Keith Olbermann's uh, – he makes this series of videos. I think he calls himself the resistance yeah. or that – that's what people say. It really makes me mad, though, because in September 2013, I did a podcast called The First Victory for the Resistance, which was about that Obama and Kerry were begging us to bomb Damascus <laughs> and uh, for the children because they're – because of the chemical weapons attacks, which later were proven to be from the rebels. So thank goodness we didn't do that. But the people stood up and they wouldn't even bring it to a vote in Congress. And I I called that the first victory of the resistance. But now these guys have hijacked my term and they do. They are using parallel. uh, You know, there are a lot of parallels between the Obama, the reaction to some of what Obama was doing and the reaction to Trump, although I, w- I do want to get into that a little bit. I feel like the Obama thing was more authentic. They called it AstroTurf, but this is obviously top down. When you hear this stuff, agitation, I think you call it agitprop, agitation propaganda, yeah. coming down from the top to make people freak out about stupid stuff or unproven stuff. I mean, it's got it's got AstroTurf written all over it. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna get. I want to get to more of that. I want to get to Alan's call. He wants to talk about the double standard in the media. I think that's for sure true. It's 65 outside the studio. It's a seven on the Mellish meter. I thank you very much for your lovely tweets. Very much appreciated. Uh, I'm taking calls 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, and we'll be reading some tweets on the air, playing more of these really outrageous clips. Uh, so stay tuned. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB Saturdays from 3 to 6. And we're talking today, trying to lighten the mood a little bit, uh, poking some fun at what's coming out of the mainstream media. The I hear all this stuff on the news now that were like my expressions, the fake news, the deep state. Uh, I thought I kind of coined alt-left, but that could have been simultaneous discovery. But I, I, I think every one of those expressions came out in one sentence on Hannity earlier. <laughs> and I, I just thought it was funny because people were telling, look at me like I'm a nutcase year, you know, in years past because I identified these background forces. Now, I think they're being whitewashed in the mainstream media. I think the deep state is not Obama holdovers. I think they the deep state rises above and beyond parties and elections and even generations at this point. So for me, it's a much more serious thing. But they so one of the expressions that I noticed just being used and overused was the left wing, left wing media, left wing uh, 
biased media, left left wing mainstream media. That's kind of an old expression, left wing. And but it is. But I've always noticed there was a left leaning bias in the media, not just on the left. But also on the right, when you listen to Fox News, they don't talk about we need to have no welfare state. They don't talk about we need that the federal uh, control of health care is a violation of the 10th Amendment. They say whose policy is better. They completely acknowledge, stipulate that socialism is inevitable in this country. And so for me, I feel like the left wing media is super, super left and the right wing media is kind of left too. <laughs> and so um, I hesitate to use the expression of the left wing media, but this is kind of the, this, this, what we're listening to, Binkley pulled some great clips for us. What we're really listening to is the, an absolute manipulation. It's a manipulative kind of uh, partisan left-wing media, just almost kind of trying to brainwash us, not even with logic and reason, not like with evidence and convincing arguments, which they say they have and may even have. I feel like they're almost training us to not look for that, even from they, they who call themselves the standard bearers call themselves the real news they should be providing the names of sources if at all possible evidence to support their claims coherent narratives that actually explain what's happening give you an idea of what's coming but they're they're not even doing that anymore yet they still are trying to claim legitimacy so i'm i, I have noticed it i'm going to try to take it lightly but uh but i'm keeping my eye on it in case it actually grabs hold and has a real impact we might be in trouble, but I, I want to go take some calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can also tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I'm going to Alan in Atlanta. Hi, Alan. You're on with Monica. Hi there. Hey. Uh, the liberal media is pretty much biased, and uh example is, remember about seven or eight years ago, some poor uh, rodeo clown decided he wanted to wear an Obama mask? Poor guy I, was I crucified, was oh. fired, couldn't get a job for about a year or so. Also, that uh, any time a reporter or something said Obama and not President Obama, they would just go off on him, you know, not showing him respect or anything. Yet here we are with Saturday Night Live and people calling him despicable and a Nazi, and you don't hear anything, not a yeah. thing about showing him any respect. It's quite so. disrespectful. I, I agree with that, and I did notice. I even wondered at the time, I really feel like the – politicians on the left and the right as a general rule do not deserve my respect. I mean, I hate to even say that, but I feel like they, their business is to lie and that they use this exalted position. This, uh, they act like they need, they deserve all this respect. It kind of bums me out because they don't, they're contemptible in most cases. So, but I actually, basically have just basic manners and don't try to to uh disrespect people slight people without you know a necessary reason i try never to do it but they but there was a total double standard i agree with you so when it came up i'm just saying when it came up with obama even though i did not think he was defending the constitution like he took an oath to do i hesitated to be disrespectful just because he's a human being, you know? But with Trump, it's they, they really go crazy on it. Oh, they do. And like I said, it's just liberal media does not have any respect for our candidates or people we like, but we are supposed to respect them no matter what. 
it's a double, it's two-faced. It's a double standard. Yeah, I think and, I'm going to. And until, and another thing, if you say something, even if it's a lie, a, a thousand times, you're going to get somebody to believe you eventually. Oh, it's for just, sure. You know, and beyond that, if you are on their side of the aisle, I noticed this about, I call it the art of ambiguity. They put things out there, even just that tweet about Obama and wiretapping. There's two interpretations to almost everything that gets round the clock news coverage so that if you're on the right already, you totally get that interpretation that the right is giving you seems obvious to you. But if you're on the left, the interpretation they give you seems obvious to you. So you have this, they intentionally uh, throw it out there so that you can absorb it to your liking. But I have, I want to go down the rabbit hole just a, a smidgen from uh, inspired by something you said, Alan. I remember with George W. Bush, they were so abusive to him in the media that I would defend him, like kind of knee-jerk defend him, even though I, I just remember the tipping point for me with Bush actually was when he signed the bill that that um, effectively banned Edison light bulbs. You know, he was the one who signed the bill to make curly light bulbs the norm in this country. And that literally, that of all the things I could object to, that was the thing that threw me over the edge. But but what would happen, he was so abused by the media that I found myself dismissing anything the left said about him. I found myself defending him. And I I feel like that there is an element of that or certainly we could be experiencing that again now where they're, that it's intentionally divisive. They go over the top just to get people a little bit more uh, uh, polarized. I know you don't always go down that the rabbit hole with me, Alan, so uh, I'm not going to make you. But thank you very much for the call. I am uh, – let me take one more call, 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. And then, Binkley, if you could queue up another clip, I will um, – I want to hear it. Right. So I'm going to go to John in McDonough. Hi, John. You're on with Monica. Hey, Monica. Uh, was calling uh, – I was just driving down the road and heard your uh, statement concerning that the left is uh, going socialist uh, almost uh, downhill at a precipitous rate, and the right is going towards socialism as well. But uh, – at kind of a uh, let's we'll get there when we get there rate, and so I've always the majority of my libertarian friends, and, and you sound like one of them in regards to the uh, libertarians that I know are very motivated, very successful, uh, fiscally conservative, but they're socially kind of you know whatever will be will be, and the problem that the right seems to uh, see is that. Uh, majority of the uh, problems that eventually become financial problems or education problems or social problems for society stem when we don't nip uh, social problems or social uh, quandaries or, or uh, mores in the bud to start with. If you allow, oh, you know, marijuana is you know, the, uh, uh, what do they call that, um, a, a starting drug? Gateway. Gateway drug, thank you. Sorry, I'm driving. And, yeah, it's and totally fine. I no, focus. I have an answer. I understand what your question is, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what what so, what my, my response is. That you are saying you have to nip that stuff in the butt. I am saying, as a libertarian, I identify that almost all of these problems are exacerbated by government intervention. That we have that very few people. My son has Down syndrome, and I see him. 
as in in modern the modern society with the technological advancements that we've had, he could actually produce enough to survive in this society that that the percentage of people, the class of people who who truly could not uh, make a living, take care of themselves is very small and would easily be covered voluntarily, especially today with the overwhelming prosperity we would have in a free society and the and the industrial revolution for all that it's criticized all that that history has been written about how awful it was my understanding is that it was the beginning of a a society that could absolutely sustain itself even at the most kind of unskilled basic levels which is why bismarck told the kaiser to tax people so that they didn't have enough to take care of themselves and then give it back to them in unemployment and social security so that they would be dependent on the Kaiser, even though technology was making it so they they could be independent and that would rob the government of resources. So for me, the problem is that competition drives prices down, uh, greed drives people to produce more, to make advancements, but competition real hardcore uninterfered with competition drives prices down expands the economy society so that people will can take care of themselves so i don't think the government i think the government nipping it in the bud is the wrong way to look at it the government makes it worse and takes away our social power to address those problems and and that they then have no the government's only motivation is to be the last resort on that stuff. So they actually have a conflict of interest with us in that they want to promote uh, poverty and and um, chaos and uh, conflict because they're the ones who say they have the solution to it. But that's the fundamental difference in the thinking. And if you don't agree with it, that's absolutely your right. And But that's just to clarify that's what I think. And I would not – you were describing what libertarians are socially, whatever will be, will be. It's not that. We are actual, I would say, just non-interventionists across the board except for when your rights are being violated. So the government doesn't, doesn't have the right to steal from you to give to somebody else, doesn't have the right to kill people preemptively. Only if there's a real threat of violence does the government have any power because it's an extension of our right to self-defense. So it's not that we're socially whatever will be will be. Socially, you would probably have a much more conservative world in a purely free society because you would have uh, consequences for actions that are not insulated and the actual problems would plummet. That's my view. I guess maybe I got a little off track with getting to the cliffs, Binkley. I'm super sorry. Let's uh, let's just take our break now, and then we'll um, maybe come in with a clip, get back on track, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, and, of course, tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Eight is the high today. The low overnight is 40. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And I actually was going to do the clips, but you kind of have to set them up. So I did uh, promise them for this little segment, but we're going to wait till the top of the hour and dig into some funny Jack, Jake Tapper stuff. And Binkley, I have to warn you, Binkley hates (laughs) Jake Tapper. Cannot stand Jake Tapper. (laughs) So so you got to get ready for a little venom. I'll I'll try to talk him down. He's untethered to to fact. (laughs) 
<laughs> untethered to facts. We'll have to give Binkley some space for that one. So I want to go to, um, I want to take a call. I want to go to Mark in Sandy Springs. Uh, Mark, Mark, you are on the air with Monica. How are you doing, Mark? Yes, good. I'm fine. Um, two things. First of all, um, my heart goes out to you for your loss. Oh, thank um, you. I'm, I'm an older person. <clears throat> Boy, you need to cherish your friends and family. You never know. I really, I have to say my lesson here is gratitude in real time. You know, you right. have to like right. every minute you want to watch TV with your kids. Like that's awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the best thing. So I cherish time and I know the older I get, the more I'm going to get taught that lesson over and over again. But what you got for us, Mark? Thank you. Okay. Um, I'm going to coin a phrase from somebody. I don't remember who, but taxes are toxic trespass. And how toxic depends upon who's doing the trespass. You have to explain it. Can you explain that in like 30 seconds? I have a little more than 30 seconds, but give me what you got. Sure. Um, what you were talking about, how I, I, I don't remember exactly who you said they were taxing the people to make them more dependent. Yeah. And so it was Bismarck. Like, Bismarck said it to the Bismarck. Kaiser. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and it, that's it. So. You know, um, like if you take oil, somebody has to pay a tax in order to get the oil out. The refiners have to pay a tax. The uh, transportation people have to pay a tax. The wholesaler pays a tax. The retailer pays a tax. Wouldn't it be neat to have a gallon of gas for 75 cents? And and then they take the taxes and they build... They they overstimulate the economy so that people buy more of the gas. You know, right. like they'll build roads with the taxes that you didn't really need to to subsidize. You know, they subsidize that infrastructure, which stimulates the economy, which which increases transactions. When really you might be happier staying home with your kids. Uh, it just makes it. It's a very complicated thought. I am definitely not going to get into in in two seconds. But I will just in one pa- passing thing say I've actually thought that maybe border wars have always really been about who gets the farmers' taxes. That that the reason they've had wars is for that. I uh, more after the break. And this is Monica Perez. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And so you, we've been talking for the past hour about uh, a variety of things, actually. Some libertarian principles. Uh, taxation is theft. For all you libertarians out there, I actually had Mark call and say taxation is toxic. I agreed with him. I, I had an insight at one point in my thinking that I think the origin of war was probably in many respects, even border wars in Europe and stuff, really just a question of who, which king had the right the right in quotes to your taxes that that's really what border disputes would be not border disputes between two farmers but like uh between two countries because what does the farmer care you know <laughs> he wants to be the guy who's going to take less so i think 
that taxation goes beyond like just stealing, but it's really corrosive to any kind of uh, you know moral system. Social, social people call it social justice. Social justice warriors. I think the absolute opposite opposite of that is the forced redistribution of wealth. Those are libertarian theories. I was kind of trying to lighten the mood today, and we there's been a lot of really bombastic. I think I think Trump is a bit bombastic. He likes to drop bombs and <laughs> see what happens. His tra- his tweet about Obama wiretapping his phone in Trump Tower was a bit bombastic, but totally justifiable in my opinion. I mean, that's like a nothing burger. Like obviously, whoever I mean, it doesn't have to be Obama. It's just the fact that we're all listened to all the time, including him including Obama, probably right now, you know. They all are, and there's plenty of evidence of it. We talked about this in the last hour. If you want to go back and listen to the podcast, it should be up soon. Uh, We'll put it up as soon as WSB does on uh, our website, propagandareportdaily.com. And uh, so what what we've been doing is Binkley has pulled some clips for me, for us, that – it kind of show this bombastic approach that the media is taking right now to to Trump. And I'm going to put aside just for a little while what a total distraction it is, how ridiculous it is to focus 24-7 on Trump's tweet. It's so stupid. But uh, but it's 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 so stupid. It's actually gotten to be comical. These things crack me up. I haven't heard them all. Binkley's going to surprise me with some of them. You want to tell us, Binkley, what you've got um teed up for me now yeah i have a jake tapper clip and jake tapper is this pseudo intellect just super pretentious who presents direct conclusions to his audience and then he uses sarcasm to make it as though it's self-evident he never actually gives any claims slow down a second because i'm I hear what you're saying. First of all, I never had a problem with him, but you just dislike him. him. <laughs> you just like him so much that I uh, I can't stand him now either. But he, but so what you're saying is, let me see if I got this right. He's got this condescending. I, I've seen the condescending look and attitude. Evidence free. Yes, and he said he claim, makes these statements, and this I think you might be tapping into something that really drives me crazy that these guys feel like because they have a certain credential, like coming from I'm the youngest of nine, my dad was a truck driver, you know, and we, I was absolutely raised that like somebody's credentials, somebody, even their wealth, whatever, has nothing to do with their class, their, you know, classiness, their plausibility, their honesty. It's often inversely correlated. So, so for, so what really irks me personally about, mainstream media or whatever, what they're doing is they're saying, I have this exalted position, so you, obviously, I know, and I'm going to look down my nose at you without actually justifying the exalted position by having more evidence, more research. You know, they have a lot of money, these corporations. They could have foreign offices, foreign peers. They don't even have those anymore. So they're not giving us they're not giving us authoritative sources. They're not coming back and defending themselves. So I don't think they have any moral superiority, but they really act like they do. Yeah, and it'll drive you crazy. So sorry yeah. to. Uh, this is how he yeah, introduced a segment where he was talking about the Trump wiretap claim with Obama. Okay, this is clip two. Yes, clip okay, two. Okay, let's hear it. Welcome to Obama tapped my phone island. Population, (laughs) President Trump. The White House saying the president has no regrets about his fact-free claim that then-President Obama tapped his phone last year, even though 
Just about everyone else in the city in the know or with the power to investigate the claim says it's not true. <laughs> oh, Everybody my gosh. In the know. I didn't even I, I, I might have heard that before. But like what I said before about all the things just right before you play that clip about all the things that drive me crazy right. about these is exactly what he just did. Can we hear that again? Can we yeah. hear that again? Am I? Welcome to Obama tapped my phone island population. <laughs> President Trump, the White House saying the president has no regrets about his fact-free claim that then-President Obama tapped his phone last year, even though just about everyone else in the city in the know or with the power to investigate the claim says it's not true. So everyone in the know or with the power to investigate. Everyone. So like, act, act, what? Everyone. Everyone in the know. Any Everyone who – it's like a self-defining group. Yeah. Everyone in the know knows this. So if you don't know it, then you're not in the know. Right. Everybody who's anybody. The fact-free claim, which it isn't – obviously, everyone who's been on this planet for the past five years knows that – I mean, if you've sent an email to someone about the sneakers you want and then see – the ad for those sneakers pop up next to your email, you know that there's complete total surveillance at all time of everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not trying to extrapolate that. It is true, though. They they will, like Yahoo, will give information about what's in your email to advertisers. I mean, there's just no, I think there's a button that you can actually turn that off. Yeah, ads like are talking, they're like, hi, Brad, hi, Monica. Yes. And they talk directly to you. Yes. So, so that is happening they're actually following you around stores with their technology to see what what shirt you stand in front of. That's absolutely true. And we know from all the stuff that came out about the NSA, from Edward Snowden, from just so many leaks and limited hangouts, even inside jobs where the leaks are, are for some political purpose. I think the political purpose is to get us used to the surveillance, to make laws that enshrine the surveillance to make us aware of the surveillance so that we don't actually try to organize politically but even to yeah so we know it's happening and he just dismisses it and it's i think there's something deeper there he is trying to get at least the left to i have this policy about everything religion politics everything always refute Never dismiss. So if you have this, uh, you can't say he's got a fact-free claim, like just shrug it off. You have to actually refute it. You have to explain yeah. why you know. So what was your impression of that? Was why, 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 Well, he it, does that, that all the time. He always includes words like fact-free, evidence-free, untethered to facts, and these other networks parrot the same phrases, and they, they just ambush their audience. And if you say it over and over and over and over again, then it becomes truth to the people listening, and they don't actually have to provide evidence. That's that is true. And it, and he does it. He in particular does it with that drop dead look, which used to not bother me. But now it does. Thanks to you. <laughs> but he but what I have noticed, I used to notice it in myself also. But when you have a call in show and like every thousands of people are going to call you and question you on your facts. I, for one, that's why it's kind of hard to come out with any kind of viewpoint that's not in the mainstream media because if i were to say something that i read in the wall street journal or i saw on fox news you don't actually have to defend that you can just say i read in the journal or i saw it on the yeah. news 
You don't have to defend it. And they don't defend it. They say anonymous sources. Sources not authorized to comment. I have been noticing that right. for years. Right, all the time. And they're, they're saying more and more sources. So instead of just two sources, it's like a yes. dozen top officials. Yes. I noticed that, too. It reminds you of the movie the, and book, The Manchurian Candidate, where they, they start arguing about how many sources. Yeah. Instead of if, it, if there are any sources, if it's true at all. So, uh, so if you are like me and you don't believe that stuff and you want to find the real answers, it doesn't take much to find a deeper truth. Maybe it's not the deepest truth, but it certainly debunks half that. And there is even propaganda out there for people who do want to dig deeper, super intellectual stuff that, you know, will call into question some of the assumptions of the you know, USA Today or whatever, but it's still propaganda. But if you want to really question the facts that that are in uh so-called respected news sources, you actually have to have evidence. Right. And, and even when you get evidence, you hear the other conclusion so often it makes yes. you question yourself. And they're trying – I think that what they're doing – I think that nine out of ten times, even just in factual cases on the news, they have they have the evidence. You know, They have facts. Like I, I don't know – I think this Russian thing is a total circus, yeah. but – there's plenty of times where they have facts that could support their thing, but they refuse to they will they refuse to set the standard that people should expect them to defend themselves. That's why they they emphasize it's ridiculous. Anybody would know any anybody with any sense or who would question a Washington Post? You know, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, the Washington Post. They're so incredible. <laughs> And they and they they do. I'm not even get right now going into the actual stories that they have put out. Although you have a great example, don't tell it. I, let's save it for after the break. We'll do it in the short segment coming up of a mainstream news source actually giving like opposite information within seconds of itself, opposite information with the same uh, authority. Yeah. Just to, which demonstrates to me that they have no respect for the truth. Let's do that. That'll be fun. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALKER. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Sunshine tomorrow, high of 63. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are... Uh, Binkley, you have you were you caught some crazy thing. We were talking about CNN having no more credibility than anybody else or right. the mainstream media, but you had some crazy screenshots you pulled. Can you? We've got like one minute. I want to talk about a couple of other things. So give me in one minute what you've got there that you tweeted out earlier. Okay, a lot of these headlines we see are rumors, but they're stated as fact, so they end up getting changed later on. The headline does when they're not true. But they still make an impression, by the way. Yes, exactly. Right. So CNN yesterday morning, the whole story was White House apologizes over British government over spying claims. So Wait, saying what? Tr- Say that again? White House apologizes to British government over spying claims. You Got know, it. Asserting that Trump had and the White House had apologized, and I knew because that wasn't because true. people because somebody said that the British government was the one who was tapping Trump on behalf of Obama. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then so I knew that wasn't true, so I snapped a screenshot of it. Then later on that day, when we found out that it wasn't true, they changed the headline: White House, no apology to the British government over spying claims. Exact same article. Different headline. Exact same article. Same article, same picture, changed only a little bit. Exact opposite headline. Yeah. So what's the real answer? There was no apology 
over no, the No, there was no apology. In fact, they came at uh, – Trump actually said to Merkel during the press conference, looks like we have something in common with these uh, wiretappings. But we're the ones who did it to her, right? Yeah. Did the British government do it to her? Because that was one thing that came out under – was it Snowden or whatever, that whole rash of – revelations that during the Obama administration, they were listening to the foreign, the calls of foreign leaders, including Merkel. I I don't remember the British ever being a part. That was just us. Yeah, he was referencing the Obama administration. Dude, that's really dangerous stuff. It was hilarious. To really throw Obama under the bus, that's quite divisive. Yeah, it is. You know, at a state's level of... I don't have any loyalty to... I mean, the look on Merkel's yeah. face was priceless when he said it to Oh, him. really? <laughs> yeah. she, wasn't, she wasn't ready for the Trumpster? No, she wasn't. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we have... Uh, I do... I want to get to some calls. I don't want to cut them short because we're coming up on a break. So Jeremy says that Trump was not wiretapped, so I want to hear what he has to say. He's going to be up first, but we have some... Don't we have more stuff on the on the British angle? We're going to maybe lead in with a, a, a clip that's right on point with that. Yes, we do. We have a clip, a CIA agent talking about the British spy agency. Oh, that's interesting. See, I was really out of the loop last week, as you know. And I know that um, what you were telling me is that Judge Napolitano pointed the finger at British intelligence also. And I kind of wonder if Judge Knapp is smoking the Kool-Aid now. But let's see. <laughs> let's see what you got for us. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me. I'm having a little trouble lo- looking at my tweets, so I haven't read any, but let's keep trying. At Monica Perez Show. You maniacs! You blew it up! Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. So we're halfway through the show. We've been, Binkley's been helping me uh, uh, pull some clips, play some clips from the media that are kind of outrageous, play into some some memes that are, get a little ridiculous, that claims the way these things are reported, kind of make me laugh. I do think that we're talking, that there's serious business going on in the world, but there is something interesting about this what I consider to be a bit of a distraction. Specifically, what we're talking about is the dominance in the headlines of Trump's tweet of uh, that Obama wiretapped him in Trump Tower. Now, okay, if you want to pick apart the details of that when you're when you're tweeting in 140 characters, maybe that's not the right format to throw out an accusation like that. But I I think it's pretty clear. I think that I feel like we've all already vetted this that everybody's tapped all the time so you could say you can call it whoever you want i do call into question this idea that what we're witnessing when the when the people on the right call the deep state obama holdovers that's just preposterous in my opinion the deep state is above and beyond the partisanship if there is a battle going on here between intelligence and elected officials it's not between trump and obama it's uh between you know, kind of us and the deep state. But I'm not even sure that this whole thing isn't isn't a game, isn't a uh, an act, a play, so that that goes back and forth and inevitably leads us to certain things, more surveillance, censorship, more war abroad. The latest thing was that the British, something that came out this week, is that the British were the ones who technically helped Obama 
with wiretapping Trump so that he could evade laws, if I understand what's going on correctly. And the funny thing is that actually, if you if you do go into conspiracy theories at all, there's a very plausible one that through the Fed, the Federal Reserve, through our history of banking, that central banking in this country was really something that Thomas Jefferson and the founders battled, or the good ones anyway, battled against, uh, and that when it finally took a hold of this country, it was almost in a way the British recolonizing America, like the third leg of the Revolutionary War or whatever, the final chapter, and that really they do that through people like Cecil Rhodes, who who had this idea of an underground British empire that would spread the English language and English social democracy around the world and keep Britain on top even even if they were in the shadows. So when they say that the British are involved in our shadow government, I actually find that more plausible than Russia, you know? And I yeah. and I, I think that, that Binkley, I can't hear you, but um, I think that there is a an element of the British, I would just say it doesn't, I don't think it's preposterous. I mean, are, are you with me? Oh, absolutely. So did you not have, uh, I know that, do you have a clip that's going to emphasize this point? Can you tell us what, what we're listening to? Yeah. CNN and these other agencies are bringing CIA agents and former CIA agents on to, you know, debunk any claim that Trump makes because they carry authority with them, you know, because we should trust the CIA, right? Know, that's really hilarious. <laughs> anyone who has worked for the CIA, I, I'm not – I don't want to get into their legitimacy or what their real plan is, but they're, they are – I think they will admit that they're... That's their job description. That's yes, they have to deceive. That's what they do. That's how they get intelligence. It's how they manipulate things. It's what they do. You're happy. You know, if you're okay with it, you're happy they work for us. Right, right. But you you don't... You can't... But they're not going to get on TV and say, I'm just going to... This is just between you and me. Yeah, I'm being they're, honest this time. I'm being honest this time. You know, it's they always have to serve their own purposes. They have to. That is their job. So, okay. So is that enough? Can we hear it? No. No. GCHQ, <laughs> okay. they came out with a statement saying it was ridiculous for Trump to claim that. So, GCHQ is yes. the British NSA. Right. Correct. Yeah. So they have a CIA agent on CNN backing up these claims, and the way that he describes GCHQ is the opposite of reality. Okay, and this is clip five? Yeah, clip five. Let's hear clip five. Thanks. Well, Kate, it was ridiculous. GCHQ is the National Security Agency of Britain. It operates under very, very strict guidelines, strict laws. Uh, and for GCHQ to make a press statement like this, I, I've never heard of it. It's unprecedented. They are furious. Uh, the accusation that Sean Spicer made is Britain got involved in our politics, which for the British is a red line. And, and I'd like to add that if this White House continues to play with national security like this for political, partisan purposes, and, and frankly, bat around lies that everybody knows is a lie, this is going to hurt our security. And Sean Spicer uh, is going to get people killed because GCHQ <laughs> will stop cooperating eventually. There's so so much in there. I, everyone knows it's a lie. He's going to get people killed. It's a red line of the British. That's what I'm talking about. That thing is so funny. And I'll tell you, like, in, in that moment of listening to that, I just had this moment of clarity of what an absolute circus sideshow this is. Yeah. That they're they're sitting there in, in some underground uh, bunker in England saying, 
uh, oh, this, did you hear the Sean Spicer press conference today? I mean, <laughs> that our alliance with the United States is over. We simply, how dare they suggest that we exercise any influence over their politics? Drinking tea with their pinkies sticking up in the air. <laughs> Yeah, just and that this is, I mean, it's absolutely beneath, absolutely beneath me. You know, it's just so ridiculous. They, it's, it, it, they are. I mean, I almost wonder, like, if they're not faxing over the script for Sean Spicer and the CIA guy. You know, possible. It's almost. It, it, it really feels like a circus, and I hate to belittle it, but when you know, I just feel like it, it. I just feel so manipulated. When I see these guys say things that are outrageous or irresponsible on both sides of the aisle that play into it and really distract from very serious. I mean, we're not talking about Obamacare right now. We're not talking about the budget. We're not talking about now. I have been kind of off the grid this week, so I can't I I could did not have the ability to get in there. But uh, but. The entire 24-7 cable news machine is focused on this tweet and the (laughs) idea that the CIA and Britain are just like all up in arms and and really people are going to die because of Trump's tweet. I'm sorry. Am I taking it too lightly? Do I I, is seeing the humor in this? I think it's insane. Like (laughs) the. British manipulated us into World War One and two, and they had spy agencies infiltrated all over the country. Them getting involved in other people's politics is what they do. And he's yeah, like, it's and a that's red actually line. a good point about how these were wars that were not. You know, I, I, people think that libertarians are isolationists. We're actually not isolationists. We're non-interventionists. But there's a totally legitimate uh, alliance criterion. And treaty criterion for even a libertarian, which is if it's a, a strictly defensive position. So we have oceans on both sides. And there was – I don't know if George Washington was this or there were uh, important people in our history who were continentalists. So their argument was that you would have very strong alliances with Canada and Mexico and oceans on, on the other two yeah. sides – and then you kind of stay out of trouble and you don't kill your people. You don't waste your tax money. I understand that you can interpret geopolitics as much more complex than that. But you can also interpret it as actually very straightforward. So, yes, the British have definitely been uh, up in our business <laughs> since, the, <laughs> since they founded us. But, um, okay, finally, Jeremy, you've been waiting. Jeremy, you are on with Monica. Jeremy. Monica, I'm sure you're a very lovely and well-meaning person. Um, however, Trump could tell his supporters that the world was flat and they would believe it. So and what is it, so what's your point? My point is is that Trump has no proof. He has said insane things such as President Obama is not a citizen. He was born in another country. He has said that he was um that 3 million people fraudulently voted in the last election. You have the House uh, Intelligence Committee and the Senate Intelligence Committee, both of which are bipartisan, say that there is actually no factual basis for the charge of wiretapping. Okay, so, hold on. Let's let's we've got let's take each one of those things. I don't think it's insane to 
I don't think it's insane to question the uh, where Obama was born. I think it's also a distraction. I think our problem was that we elected a socialist, not that he might not have been born here. Um, but the illegal voting, I, I have known many people who have voted illegally. Are you saying it doesn't happen? I used to live in California. Monica, I'm it's... not saying it doesn't happen, but okay. 3 million illegal voters that voted in the last but cycle, why, there what is makes zero you... evidence of that. But you know what? They haven't actually investigated that. Instead of investigating Russia leaking real emails, don't you think they should actually look on in every turn over every single rock and make sure that our actual election process is valid? They've done that in the past, and, and voter fraud— What do you mean is, they've done that it, in the past? Who has? They have. There have been many bipartisan studies of past election cycles. You, so you think that George Bush legitimately won over Al Gore? I do. And you think that John Kerry did not win in Ohio in 2004? Correct. Yes. Because if you look into that particular thing of the Diebold voting machines— and the well, and the extreme disparity between there was an extreme disparity between Kerry's exit polls and the true vote. There, I think about that particular thing, Kerry in Ohio. I think that there that there were investigations and the evidence weighs in favor of Kerry. I wouldn't prefer Kerry, but I think that that was an example. And well, Monica, you could go down many rabbit trails of conspiratorial theories, and your sidekick there that sounds like Charles Lindbergh regarding the world wars, it, it, it defies logic to believe whatever comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. Hold on a second. So I'm, <laughs> I'm the irrational one. I'm the one who's going down rabbit trails, and you think that everything that comes out of his mouth is it's insane to believe? I didn't say that. I okay, didn't sorry. say that at all. What was it was anything that comes out of his mouth what it one should I not believe? I said that there is very there the, his supporters are very willing to believe anything he says with no factual See, basis. now here's the thing. Like this what you're saying, you're using things like insane, you're making fun of us, you know, you're making fun of my friend, you're telling me that I, you know, you're sure I'm lovely, but I'm down in rabbit holes and there's no evidence forever. But but what I'm hearing from you is this is that exact thing. It's just dismissing stuff. You know what I mean? It's it's that well, ad hominem attack. Give me the evidence that a Republican that is investigating this charge of wiretapping, there has not been one person with access to the classified information that has verified Trump's charge. So I, to tell you the truth, actually, I think that the I don't even understand why they're they're trying to verify. What difference did it make anyway? Like, I, I, I actually, you know, I, I have a. I'm not crazy about your approach right now to me, but for me, I don't even think the wiretapping thing matters. Like, why is Trump even complaining about it when there was no harm done, right? Or was there? There's tremendous harm done to our intelligence community when they're thrown under the bus time after time after time by this president. And why do you defend them? I don't always defend them, but when there is no basis, there's no factual basis for what the president says in these charges that are very specific. He didn't say I was surveilled. He said I was wiretapped. Right. I mean, I, I do. I have to tweets. I have to go, go to a break. But, yes, I, I have been saying throughout the show 
that if you want to parse the words and get into it, yes, it was, uh, I think it was unmeasured to tweet such a provocative comment. That's true. But the kind of emotional um, back and forth here, the conflict this is generating is a manipulation, in my opinion. But I got to take a break. Tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 66 outside the studio. Uh, weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. So I just got a little hot under the collar with caller Jeremy. Oh, yeah. Brought some uh, emotional, maybe like, could we dare say fact-free? Yeah, fact-free. But, um, but you you caught, you think that he works for Jake Tapper? Well, he thought that? I sounded like Lindbergh. He sounded exactly like Jake Tapper because he was repeating Tapper's talking points all the way down to the flat earth comment. Because he said that people who... Jeremy just said that Trump supporters, if Trump said the earth is flat, they would believe it. Yes, that's, and that's, that's exactly like Tapper the other day said. He'll say the, the earth is flat and they'll believe – I can't remember the exact phrasing. I'll look right. for it. See if you can find it. But, but what, what, I, what that demonstrated to me is this emotionalism. I mean it, it's, not, it's not okay to respond to – or I should say it's not convincing to me to respond to – somebody's claim with saying that claim is ridiculous that that was a fact-free claim it's ridiculous you know let's just get the evidence out there the illegal voting i've met the first illegal voter i met was a danish guy in california he voted for bill clinton and he was proud of it and i was like you're not allowed he said but it's better for the world i'm a citizen (laughs) of the world i was in that was it i was like bill clinton is not a legitimate president because of one vote (laughs) and since then i used to live out there at the DMV, illegals can get their licenses and people on visas and stuff who are not allowed to vote, and they tell them, they ask them to vote. I, I've known people who have said, I'm not a citizen. It doesn't matter. Register to vote here and now. It's kooky out there. So right. the three million number is obviously me. Uh, but we have so much. So many calls. Hang on. We're going to get to the calls. Maybe Binkley can give us more uh, good stuff that's getting people riled up. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. Speaker. Ryan today, when I asked him, do you believe President Trump, when he said that Trump Tower was wiretapped, he said no. And he said that I don't believe any such wiretap exists. And also today, Jake, Adam Schiff, the top Democrat on the House Intelligence Committee, told me that he expects James Comey to say at a Monday public hearing that Trump Tower was not wiretapped. And Schiff himself has had conversations with James Comey in a classified setting. So we'll see if the Comey actually does that. But it seems, as Jeff was saying earlier, that the president is isolated in his beliefs here because he's got virtually no support on Capitol Hill on this statement, Jake. It's amazing to watch the White House continue to argue that the earth is flat. Jeff Zeleny, Manu Raju, thank you so much. Was that Jeremy? That, uh, yeah, this is, this is Monica Perez. I am your libertarian voice on WSV. And uh, we had just, I'm on from three to six. We're in the last hour. We just had a call before the break where it was actually, it was 
very interesting, exciting call, and I appreciate it because it's fun to have a little back and forth. <laughs> so, um, but Jeremy obviously disagrees, I guess, with my take on things. And one of the jabs he threw out there was that Trump supporters would believe that the Earth was flat if Trump told them that. But Binkley had caught that that he was stealing a line from Jake Tapper, who I guess is his job here is to uh, make fun of people. Like Jake Tapper's just making fun of arguments. He's not actually refuting them, which (laughs) brings him down, not up, you know. But there was one thing I just tweeted, a great analysis by James Corbett, Corbett Report, on the 2004 election being stolen. It's really compelling. I think there's a lot of material there. So I threw that comment out earlier when I was talking to Jeremy, but I like to back stuff up. I do not have a fact-free uh, <laughs> show. I like to provide the evidence, but um, I have an awful lot of calls. So what I want to do, I ta- always take my calls if I possibly can, in order of you know, so people don't have to wait on hold too long. So I'm just going to try to blow through the calls here. I have some lines open. If you want to call 800 WSB Talk, you're going to tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Oh, first I have to. Uh, um, did I not have? Oh yeah, I had a great tweet from. Casey's mom that said, I'm surprised Jeremy didn't call you Putin's girlfriend, <laughs> which, which I guess is what McCain, you know, whatever Rhino McCain called Rand Paul, basically Putin's girlfriend, <laughs> if I may paraphrase. So that was super fun. But I really want to blow through these calls. You are welcome to call 800-WSB-TALK. I've got a whole other hour. So if you're on hold or call in and get on the line, I think I can get to you. But I'm going to ask you to um, just say what you got to say, and I'm going to move on. Uh, Henry in Woodstock, you are on with Monica. Hello. Well, you know, I appreciate you taking my call. I got a couple of points I'd like to make. I've only I voted for tra- Trump, and I'm proud of it. I wish they'd let him get on with his job. There's so many what I call Hillary whiners out there. It just it just breaks my heart how they're acting in this country. We need to get our country together. As far as the listening thing, back when I was in the Navy in San Diego, 1974 to 1978, all the time we would be told there was Russian trawlers off the coast of San Diego and L.A., and when we answered the regular telephone, we had to say this was a non-secure line, the cause of Russian trawlers being in the area. Everybody listens to everybody. We've been doing it forever. Everybody ought to realize that. I mean, yeah, I actually think that's what Syria is all about. That the government, I believe, funded. I think Ray Kurzweil actually did the technology, but it would never have happened just from private enterprise. It's so well, complicated uh, to convert. I just want to say this: to convert. Voice to text is actually a very expensive, you know, it was an expensive technology. And I believe that the reason the government wanted that is because it's easier to store and search text. So they listen to it. They convert it. They store it. They have the facilities to store it. Anyway, keep going, Henry. We're in a hurry. Let's go. (laughs) I love what you're saying. I'm just I don't want to I don't interrupt you. Go. Well, I tell you, I appreciate the call, and like I said, everybody's listening to everybody. It's been going on forever. Yep, not to it. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. That just acknowledge it. It wasn't the craziest thing to tweet. I mean, maybe it was a little, uh, you know, not um, not super deferential. But I think those days are gone. Thank you so much for the call, Henry. I'm going to John in Lawrenceville. Hi, John. You're on with Monica. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'll be real quick. I think uh, part of the problem 
uh, like let's say the CNN uh, report you guys were discussing earlier, uh, and, and this is more of a, an issue I think with with maybe the way y'all approached it uh, is is be a little more constructive in your criticism. I, I guess I'm having trouble. I know that they initially reported that uh, they'd apologize, and then they changed the uh, the heading of the story. But if you if your listeners would actually go read the story, they that's half the story is discussing the early reports from you know what they had whether or not they had apologized, and then they now flatly denying they apologized to the British. So I guess if if I had a point to make, it would be can you guys do some sort of constructive criticism? Uh, in the sense of how would you how do you want something like that to be addressed from the media standpoint how, if if certain sources yeah, I, I appreciate uh, what you're you know, saying. I right. do and I'll, I'll tell you I did start the show today by saying I was going to take a little bit of a different tack from how I normally take I wanted to uh, had a rough week and um, I wanted to lighten up a little bit by kind of uh, having some fun with how the media is reporting. I will say the reason, and yet maybe in that case to read the article, that was something Binkley had tweeted that that really struck me as interesting. I didn't it really investigate it. Normally I do investigate every little thing. But here, here's the thing, that it's been, if I, I'm not mistaken, quite well established. You can certainly see it for like Google search engines and stuff like that. But that when you're, when the media is hyper aware of the impact that headlines have. They know that people almost never, or or the percentage of people who get the impression of the story from the headline versus what's in the body is tremendous, it's much greater. And the thing is, they should actually be, then I would say, more uh, scrupulous about how they write their headlines. I am scrupulous about my headlines. And if I've ever submitted it to a popular blog, they change the headline. They make it, it's so crazy. They make it, um, I like to keep it subtle and interesting and they make it like sensationalistic. And it really, it bothers me. They change the pictures. I really hate that. So I just stick to my own thing, but they should be more scrupulous. And instead they're less scrupulous. And I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's unintentional. I think it's intentional. And I really do appreciate the call, John. This is a little bit of a different show for me. I'm trying to lighten up um, emotions close to the surface. But uh, but you're right. I, I do care about integrity, scrupulousness. and um, But these guys also get away with a lot. Like so many who manipulate people who have integrity, it's so easy for people who don't. And I think the people who write those headlines that way are like that, that uh, – they can take advantage of people with integrity, of high standards, slowing it down, and they can lower the game like that. They can really get away with it, whereas the other side won't. So I remember hearing, I think, Ann Coulter say the reason that Republican politicians can't get away with cheating on their wives the way Democrat ones can is that the Republicans really care about that. So it's it really is the death knell um, for them, not because the other side attacks them, but because their own side holds them to higher standards. I don't know if I would go that far, but I think the message is interesting. The point is interesting. Okay, I'm going to go to Jim in Gainesville. Hi, Jim. You're on with Monica. Yeah, hi, Monica. I just wanted to make a couple of comments, if I may. Uh, you were talking earlier about uh, your, your guest there, your co-host was talking about someone has been saying you know, about the British intelligence agency involved. The person that said that was Judge Napolitano. I know. 
of New York State, who's a you know he's a Fox contributor, but yes, he's a, he's also a supporter of Trump to quite an extent, I think. But anyways, he said that multiple times over the last week, and he said it most emphatically and most confidently. So whatever you think of his credibility, that's the guy that has put forth that. Yes, that's interesting theory. that you yeah. should bring that up because yeah, then, I'm yeah. I'm a hardcore libertarian. I I've always enjoyed Judge Napolitano's yeah. uh, contribution, but when he started with that, I noticed that with Trump, he seems to be smoking the Kool Aid a little bit. I'm not I'm not saying people who support well, Trump be true. are yeah, smoking the Kool Aid. I'm just saying that Judge Napolitano seems to be a little more um, partisan and support Trump as a Republican than he used to. He used to criticize Republicans and Democrats uh, equally, but he seems to be firmly in Trump's camp. And I actually did wonder about that. I believe that Napolitano said that he personally or that his inside sources gave him that information. So that's when you do that. Actually, you know, you make a good point. That's when you actually have to think about the credibility of the source. If this person is saying, I personally have an inside source, then he's putting his reputation on the line. It's a little different from writing the Wall Street Journal. Uh, people unauthorized to comment. Seven to nine people came out and said, this is Napolitano putting his reputation on the line. I have to scratch my head over, it seems a little out of character for him, but the overarching idea, I was just making the point that I, I don't even think that's that far-fetched. I mean, I think that there is a, a lot of maybe incestuous kind of back and forth with England, the U.K., and the U.S., and the Russian thing seems a little more far-fetched. But I do uh, appreciate the point. I've got more calls after the break. Lots more calls. And uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Monica Perez talking about all the interesting things that are in the media right now that are <laughs> blowing our minds for the manipulation. But it's not just on the left. I heard uh, John McCain calling out uh, in trying to intimidate, man uh, manipulate Rand Paul. We're going to hear that at the bottom of the hour. I do have time for a call right now. I'm going to Maurice in Atlanta. Hi, Maurice. You're on with Monica. Hi. Um, I have uh, an observation. Uh, well, one thing, wasn't Echelon was set up before the FISA um, thing to surveil U.S. citizens, and it was based out of countries like England and Australia. Can I ask you a question, Maurice? Are you talking about the Five Eyes program where the five Anglophone countries where they speak English are part of the spying network? Is that what you're talking about? Well, there was a thing called Echelon. Do you do you know that? Yes, word? I think the other name for that is the Five Eyes, where it's like Australia, New Zealand, the United States, Canada, and the UK. I see. We're part of like a surveillance network. Right. So, I mean, I, you know, it was a way to get a, around uh, the legal uh, restrictions of surveying uh, U.S. citizens. I understand, you know, but uh, yes. So, at any rate, that, that's one observation, but. The, 
the thing that I called about was mostly to to uh, get you to try and look into the research of uh, George Webb. Um, he has a. I've seen his series of videos. I, yeah. I'm kind of I, the jury's still out on him, in my opinion. I, there's some stuff he says is kind of weird. Like, not weird, like, rabbit hole weird, I can handle that. But, like, inconsistent weird. Like, I kind of wonder if uh-huh. he's not, you know, kind of, um, well, I don't know, messing with us a little bit. Well, I, certainly that could be true. Uh, the thing that I thought was interesting in the context of, uh, you know, he's essentially outlined the deep, deep state, you know, uh, or the shadow government, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, and it's all all of its machinations, uh, whether they're financial, military, or whatever, uh, in a very specific way. So, I mean, if you looked at it, that are that you was are, are you identifying a specific video that I can watch of his? He does it all in videos, basically. I think if you if you want to give me a, a specific one, I actually just tweeted a really good article, very simple overview. I'm sure it's very different from what you're talking about, about the deep state. I think it appeared on Lou Rockwell. I will retweet that at the break. Are you talking about a specific? Can you, um, well, I'm running out of time here, but. Yeah, um, I can send you for your future edification something. Yeah, uh, send but... it to me. I will tweet it. I can share it with my audience. You can, uh, anyone can follow me at Monica Perez Show. I've had people sign up for Twitter just for this show because we communicate back and forth that way. You can always get my references. I always like to have my facts checked, all that. I am looking forward to at the bottom, right after this break, I really want to hear this clip of John McCain basically intimidating Rand Paul trying to shut up, doing the opposite. I say always refute, never dismiss. He's just dismissing out of hand anyone who disagrees with him. I'm eager to hear it. Uh, Give me a call, 800-WSB-TALK or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB. Saturdays from 3 to 6. So we're winding down in the last half an hour. I've got lots of calls. I'm going to get to all of them. But I did want to play a clip of John McCain basically trying to shut out discussion the way we're seeing a lot from the left. John McCain claims to be a Republican. He does put the R next to his name. But uh, he's beating down, I guess, Rand Paul on this. It's worth it's worth a listen. Let's listen to that, and then I'll get to more calls uh, after that. So can we have clip seven? Yes. If there is objection, and I note the senator from Kentucky on the floor, I will say before I read this, if there is objection, you are achieving the objectives of Vladimir Putin. You're achieving the objectives of trying to dismember this small country that has already been the subject of attempted coup. I have no idea why anyone would object to this, except that I will say, if they object... They are now carrying out the desires and ambitions of Vladimir Putin, and I do not say that lightly. So, Mr. President, I ask unanimous consent. Mr. Is President, is the senator from Kentucky. I object. Mr. President, I note this, the, the senator, senator from Kentucky Arizona. leaving the floor without justification or, or any rationale for the action that he has just taken. That is really remarkable. 
that a senator blocking a treaty that is supported by the overwhelming number, perhaps 98 at least, of his colleagues would come to the floor and object and walk away, and walk away. The only conclusion you can draw when he walks away is he has no argument to be made. He has no justification for his objection to having a small nation be part of NATO that is under assault from the Russians. So I repeat again, the senator from Kentucky is now working for Vladimir Putin. <laughs> that is unbelievable. He was talking about Montenegro, right? I think he might have been talking about Turkey. No, Turkey's already part of NATO. Okay, I, I'm, I can't remember. Exactly. I, I'm almost certain it was Montenegro. I wish we had the first part of that. But what? So there's so many things wrong with that. I really want to get to calls, <laughs> but I just want to say a few things that there were. First of all, he said, if you object to this, you work for Russia. Everybody here thinks you're wrong. <laughs> Go. You know, like, yeah. and then what is he supposed to say? What is he supposed to like, you know, what could he possibly say to win the argument? I actually have a lot of respect for Rand Paul's style. I, I think he compromises. Like, he considers himself a Republican first and a Libertarian second, which I would never do. But I, I, he not, I don't smell a rat with him. Who knows? But I respect his style. He's not he's unflappable. And that is a he he's a keeper. You know, he's going to he's going to last because if you can do that. But I wanted to say something about Montenegro. I believe this was the country where I really knowing what was going on there really was an epiphany. I have to say this. It is absolutely wrong to include in a in a and a mutual defense alliance, someone who could absolutely positively not contribute to your defense. It is putting your blood and treasure, as the, they like to say, on the line for someone you can't control and who cannot give you benefit. But I believe it was Montenegro that when I really had this epiphany where they somebody from there um, said so on a, a podcast I was listening to, he said, there are these two factions, like the pro-Russia faction, the pro-U.S. faction, or pro-Europe, whatever, and they're not – it does not represent the majority of the country. But what it does is by pitting the U.S. against Russia and making Montenegro a pawn, they would like to stay independent, the vast majority of the people. But by pitting the two you know, axes, whatever, against each other, you force all these countries to pick sides. And, and that's when I realized that – Having Russia as the boogeyman really plays into the hands of first polarizing the world and then kind of bringing it back together at the top. Otherwise, it's hard. You know, how do you get somebody like Syria or Montenegro or whatever to take sides? You threaten them. So even if Russia threatens us and we get Montenegro, Russia has played into our hands. You know, because I think at some level this may all be a facade to promote world government and that everybody who has a stake in it, Russia, China. Now, I know that you've talked about Binkley. I know you, too. You agree with me that there is still a chance that that's what this is all about, that even Trump, uh, the Trump phenomenon and Brexit are ways to get Europe to react and to embrace globalism in a way that they wouldn't have after the horrible European debt crisis. But I'm getting deeper than I wanted to. I really <laughs> wanted to have some fun today. And uh, we have. I was in a, um, had a rough week, and I was in a sad mood, and I feel like 
we've accomplished the goal of trying to lighten it up and have some fun. And actually, I guess taking stuff like this lightly riles people up. And I don't normally do it. But some of the way the media and even McCain, like that was just laughable. Like that was just such a, you know, if you were in debate in high school, you'd be disqualified. They're like, that's not a debate. You can't. That's not a, you know. He's a bully. Did you hear Rand Paul's response? I just heard him say, I object. No, I mean, like, he went on a show later. Oh, no, he, what was it? He said that John McCain's the poster child for term limits. <laughs> That's excellent. Excellent job. But I, I don't want to the calls. People have been waiting. I am going to go to Lee in Atlanta. Lee, you are on with Monica. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Let me. Hey, Lee. That's okay. You were on hold for a long time, but oh, you are now on the air. So lay it on oh, me. Thank you. Okay, so I agree with him uh, being a... Uh, case for term limits, but um, I really wanted to um, speak to your point about the illegal voting because I also lived in California. Yeah, and I think it's hard for people. You know, they just have their experience when they vote, and they might not realize how it is in other places. But I will tell you, I got rejected from getting a library card three times <laughs> when I moved to California. Three times. Yeah, I couldn't get a library card. I couldn't check out a, a library book. I know it's. But, not, I, I I can't anticipate the punchline here, Lee. Give it to me. Yeah, but I could vote, and they yeah. would just. They didn't want to see any identification or anything. They no, nothing. I lived right in California, in. and I voted in California, and I brought my license out, and the lady was like, "I don't want to see that." You know, it was like yeah. I was going to taint her by showing her my driver's license, which, by the way, driver's license is not proof of citizenship anyway. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they would just wave you off. They didn't want to see. They any don't want to see it. It's like we but don't want to sit in a library book. So <laughs> we've got to get our priorities here a little bit uh, straight. And um, I'm always surprised by the people that, you know, say that voter ID shouldn't be required. It's just if, you, if you don't want to require voter ID, then you just need to acknowledge that citizenship or there is no eligibility for. Voting. Yes. And then yeah. just have that conversation. Because when I was in law school, I remember laws would get thrown out purely on the basis of them being unenforceable. It was it was kind of like a basic tenet of law that if you couldn't aff- enforce the law, it was not a valid law. So if you're if you're saying that you absolutely refuse to enforce it, it's not a law and that's what you have to talk about then. But that isn't yeah. why you called, is it, Lee? No, I was calling really about the wiretapping, but you know, I was on hold and I heard Jeremy's call and so he got me kind of riled up. Um but I was really calling about the wiretapping and um so anyway, so I think that everyone is kind of so against Trump on this because people that have been in the government for a long time maybe know what's going on. And when Trump had that comment to Angela Merkel that, oh, hey, we have something in common because <laughs> yeah. you got tapped too, yeah. Obama found out in 2010 that she was being tapped, and he let it continue. So she was being tapped. He knew about it. He let it continue. So I think Trump was speaking to that. And wasn't necessarily talking about anything involved with the British government. Like, that's getting kind of thrown in there, and I don't think it's really the same. Someone did call and said it was Judge Napolitano. He was talking about Obama. Yes, and and according to what I've noticed, and Binkley also, it's really Judge Napolitano who threw that little monkey wrench into it, which was interesting to me because I always really go to him as the voice of sanity. And even when I supported the— 
I don't. I have no reason to believe it or not believe it. It all seems like a circus sideshow to me. But let me ask you this, Lee. Isn't it a little kooky that they're bringing this before Congress and everything? When are, Were there any damages at all? Trump said, he tapped me. Why even investigate that? So what? Who cares? Exactly. Why even look into it? I think everybody knows to some extent it's happening. I can't look. I can't go shopping online without later on getting ads for exactly what I was shopping for. You know, so they're tracking all kinds of things. I mean, that's Google probably. Um, I can go on different websites, and I still get the little banner ads for exactly what I was shopping for. So we're all being tracked to Lee, a certain extent. We're let me tell you, it's crazier than that. I, I got an ad a couple of years ago for something I shopped for at the store. From that oh, wow. store, the same color, these shirts, in the color, yeah. by the designer. It was yeah. Nordstrom. How kooky is that? Because, that's and then crazy. I. I know that they uh, they have that technology. I didn't know they hooked it up to my – it's crazy. So, yeah, was somebody listening to Trump's calls? Yes. Do you think he was on his phone in the Trump Tower plotting with the Russians? Of course not. <laughs> Nothing happened. He. Everybody knows I don't talk to my mother without thinking twice. I'm not kidding. I talk to y'all without thinking twice, which is probably stupid. But uh, But, you know, I really think about my email as, like, the place to – be quiet, the phone, stuff like that. Anyway, I do have time for one more call. Let me go to Cosmo in Ro- Roswell. Uh, you, oh, you're you're going to tell me what Brits think? Is that? Can you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely, I can remember. I, I ended up calling in because uh, Jeremy's call and it absolutely twisted me. And I thought, oh my lord, I have to call in from someone from Britain. I can tell you first and foremost that as Brits know how twisted the media is in the United States, and it's not does not escape us. And one of the things I want to mention is that so many people can't grasp that you can't have a debate with a party who refuses to accept that both parties have perspectives grounded in reality. And if you can't acknowledge that perspective, then you can't have a debate with them. And if you remain quiet, the other party currently interprets that as you conceding that they're right. And it's absolutely aggravating with the way the media is twisting everything. There's, there's no playing fair, quote-unquote, because the media will twist no matter what you do or what you say. I mean, CNN should be called, you know, when news breaks, we twist it. <laughs> Don't you feel like this is reaching a crescendo, that it's just getting absolutely more and more form-oriented, more and more agitation-oriented, and less actual content under there? Of course, because when when you get people agitated, they don't stop to look for details. They don't stop to look for the facts. And, you know, when you repeat talking points instead of facts, it does nothing more than reveal the bias on the subject that you might have. And it's it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And you were just mentioning that why would Congress and, and such go forward with investigating these wiretap claims? And, and first and foremost, above it all, it's because Trump made a claim about Obama and they're trying to defend Obama's, you know, his, his history, his legacy. Of course he would never do that. That's the sole basis behind why they're pushing forward, because they want to say that Trump is lying, that Trump yeah, is wrong. Yeah, you're right about that. But it's just funny, because if somebody tweeted something like that about me, I would totally shrug it off. I wouldn't even tweet back, because, it's so, you know, you just make it worse. I wish I could keep talking to you, Cosmo, because I just absolutely love outside perspectives. It really helps us. But i got to take a break, uh, and I'll be back right after this. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. 
72 and sunny is the forecast for Monday as the work week begins, but that could change. So stay tuned to WSB for weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. We are wrapping it up, but I wanted to put a point on something that we were talking about earlier. Let's uh, let's just this is what I'm afraid of, that that this whole um, circus is leading us down the garden path by distracting us. Let's hear clip 11. I think it's clip 10. Clip 10, clip 10, clip 10. I, I worry that if half the country wants this guy to be president, we do need the UN to step in or the United Federation of Planets or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. That was Bill Maher. So humor is like headlines. They can get away with saying whatever they want. Yeah. And that, and it really makes an impression on you. Like my son did, like reading comprehension on some standardized test, and he was like, "I am learning so many real facts from that." I was like, "No, no, no, that's what's <laughs> wrong with like Common Core. They get to throw that stuff in there, and it could be about Martians, and they don't have to defend it because it's not uh, it's it's not in the context of being factual delivery." So he makes this mistake. But really, the underlying truth, what's scary about this, is that it's quite possible that we are uh, that that Trump is so bombastic or the Brexit is so scary that it makes starting with Europe or wherever or the people here, the snowflakes in this country, forget all about the 10th Amendment where you could just take it back. Take it back. Be California. Go for it. Enjoy yourselves. You know, but uh, they instead want to push everybody down because, of course, you know, communism is international. You have to have your, your brain slaves. Anyway, that's a whole other subject. I'm actually not going to be here next week because the Atlanta Home Show is going to uh, host a remote for some of my favorite WSB hosts. I will be back the week after that. You can always catch my podcasts on PropagandaReportDaily.com or MonicaPerezShow.com. Had a rough week, but had a great show. Thank you very much for all the kind tweets and the support. Thank you, Binkley, for all your extra help and a mod. This is Monica Perez. <laughs>